hello. I might not make it through, so, you know, hopefully, like Joe said, God will just work in however far we get. Sorry. Also, if I say any bad words, it's not really me. It's the cicadas. So I just want to lay that out there, too. Um, but it's really good to be here. Um, this was not part of my notes, but I want to read this just to kind of center ourselves um, in this time. It's Psalm 100, one of my favorite psalms, especially on Sunday mornings, especially as we come together to worship. So it says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Amen. Well, if I haven't had a chance to meet you, which I think I've met everyone. Hi, Alyssa. And um, today we are in our third week of this series on discipleship. What does it mean to be a follower of Christ? And specifically, what does it mean to be a follower of Christ here at Central City? So there are these six things that if you've been listening along, you've probably heard a couple of them. But this, these six things that we call our rule of life, um, our way of being a community together. Um, being a part of Central City and a part of our central community is acknowledging and living in to these six areas. Each of us live into them differently at different times, at different places, but as a community, we're committed to these six things. So the six things, our rule of life are growing spiritually, reaching intentionally, serving regularly, giving generously, connecting relationally, and engaging cross-culturally. Um, you should have if maybe you picked up one of these on your way in or were handed one, um, a little chart. So if you didn't write all those down and couldn't, I talked too fast, you can see them there. Um, if you want to read about any of those, like I said last week, there's a page on our website. If you go to centralcity.co slash life together, um, you can read a little bit more about each of those and what they mean for our community. This week, we're going to talk about serving regularly. Um, but I encourage you, again, like I did last week, either as an individual or as a family, um, to consider these each week, how or what practices you have in place to live into each of these areas on a regular basis, daily or weekly or monthly. I've found that if I don't put it in my calendar, if I don't have it in front of me, then I'm not going to do it. Like I'll get to next year and I'll be like, I did not serve anyone this year besides myself because I'm really good at that. But if I have it written into my schedule or into my rhythm, into my way of life, then I'm more likely to, um, to practice it and to see how God works through that. So I just encourage you to think through that. How, what practices do you have in place to, to do these things daily, weekly, and monthly? I also want to point out that these six areas, we talk about them as our rule of life, but they're really all throughout scripture. So these aren't just like how we live as disciples here at Central City, but really how disciples live in general. Um, so if you're looking for any other uh, ways to do that, there are tons of examples in scripture of what this means. But today we're going to talk about serving, serving regularly. Serving is offering yourself to others to show love or to help someone with something specific. Now, I think that there are three ways that we serve, and we should consider, you know, 
on this chart, you can consider, you know, how, are, how am I doing one of these three things on a regular basis? Not all of them all the time, but, you know, a few of them regularly. Um, for us as a community, um, I want us to think about how we serve in our personal relationships, how we serve in our church community, and then how we serve in the world. So we'll come back to that, but remember, there's three, three kind of ways that we serve. We serve in our personal relationships, we serve in our church community, and then we serve in the world. But first, why do we serve? So there have been a lot of studies that show, and I'm going to mention this podcast that you can listen to to hear this, but there are a lot of studies that show when you get outside of yourself, when you're doing something for someone else, you feel better, your mental health is better, um, lots of things in your life are a lot better if you um, get outside of yourself and serve others. So there's this uh, podcast that I found a couple years ago. It's called The Happiness Lab. I've mentioned it a couple of times. If you listen to podcasts, you should pull it up on your podcast thing, bookmark it, save it. It's really good. A professor from Yale did this class. She noticed that her students were not happy. Like they're at Yale, high standards. You have to be like number one in your class to do anything in the world apparently. And there's only one person who can be number one. So everyone's depressed. And so she offered this class called the Happiness Lab. Maybe that was the name of her class. And she did these studies with these students and introduced data and statistics and other studies that prove that what we think makes us happy isn't actually what makes us happy, like physiologically even. We think that we want more money, but really what we want, what will actually make us happy is more time, those kinds of things. And so she did, um, early in COVID, she did like a coronavirus edition of um, like four or five episodes. And one of them she talked about uh, when Mr. Rogers, he said, Probably some of you guys know this quote better than I do, but like when something's going wrong, look for the helpers, something like that. And so when COVID started, she was like, everyone's depressed, I'm depressed, so I'm going to look for the helpers. And one of the helpers happened to be one of her previous students and, you know, found this student who had, who had created a volunteer website for people to sign up. One, if you need help, you can write what you need help. I need help getting groceries. I need help getting my prescriptions. I need help figuring out how to set up a, a Zoom with my kids, like those kinds of things. And then on the other side, you could volunteer to, if there's any on me and I don't know it, you guys have to tell me. Okay. Cause I just freaked out. Um, but so you can sign up to vol like what you need out of something. And then you can sign up to help. If you see an area where you can help, you can go get groceries for someone or you can, you know, call someone and help them set up Zoom, whatever that was. And so she talked to this guy and his comment was, this is a win-win for everyone. Because, well, win-win for the people that are, are being helped and the people that are helping. Because the people that are being helped ha feel gratitude. I mean, they're so grateful that there's someone around them that is willing to help them. And now they're able to do this thing or have this thing that they really needed. And also the person who's helping, they, they kind of invoke this gratitude as well because they were able to make a difference in someone's life. And so he called it this win-win. She had this doctor on her podcast um, who was talking about compassion. So I think of compassion, I think of like an act of compassion. We talk about um, love kindness. We talk about compassion, doing compassionate things. 
but, and maybe some of you know this and you're smarter than me, but he called compassion um, a social emotion. So we have our physical emotions, anger and sadness and joy, like those kinds of things. But uh, compassion is a social emotion. It's something that happens when we engage with one another. Empathy is another one of these social emotions. And he said that empathy and compassion are often confused. So we have empathy for someone when they tell us something and we can feel their pain. We, we, we know their experience. We, we can resonate with what they're saying. Well, that only leads to so much, like, right? We feel it. And sometimes when we hear a lot of stories or we see a lot of things and we have a lot of empathy, what we've called it is compassion fatigue, but it's really empathy fatigue because we can't do anything about their pain. We're hearing it, we're understanding it, but, but there, there's nothing that we're doing. We're just empathizing. What compassion does is it moves that empathy to an action. So a compassion emotion is, I see that you are in pain, that you need help, that there's something wrong, and I can do something about it. In scripture, Jesus was moved to compassion when he saw that there were these crowds of people like sheep without a shepherd. He was moved, and the word in Greek is this like moved in the gut, like you can feel it in your body, this compassion. And, um, and so when you have that emotion, then you're able to do, you can do something about it. You know that you have something to offer. So it's this interpersonal emotion. We see someone in pain and we want to give care to that person and we're able to. So it's more than empathy. Um, but when we're able to do that, then we have this compassion. We do something for someone out of that compassion and then that person experiences this gratitude. And then out of that gratitude, they then want to pay it forward. They now want to help someone or do something. So we're creating this compassion cycle when we do something that is helping someone else. So that's why we serve. Now that's like, that's almost, it could be a, a, um, a selfish reason, right? Some of the we need we need mental health. We need to get out of ourselves. When I um, when I'm depressed or feeling like my whole life is not going well, the first thing that I think is like I've been so focused on myself. If I go and talk to someone else or or do something else for someone else, I'm like snapped out of whatever it was that was going on with me. And that's what compassion does to us. It leads to us being able to get outside of ourselves. So. We serve to get outside of ourselves. We serve because we can create this compassion cycle in our communities. I think we also serve because it reminds us that there are other experiences outside of what we have. When we serve, we're able to interact with other people. We're able to experience different things depending on you know, what you're serving in or how long you've been serving there. It also connects us to the rest of God's people, whether people are... They're people that profess to be Christians or not. You know, we believe that everyone is God's children, everyone in the world. And so it connects us to other people when we serve. Now, I think some of, um, there are different intentions for serving, right? Like you can serve because you love someone. So I, I want to serve my family or serve my friends because I love them. You can serve out of obligation, I won't make you raise hands, but sometimes we serve because like someone asked us to do something and we're like, oh, okay, I guess I'll do that for you if that's what you want or that's what you need from me. 
We can also serve because it's the right thing to do. So I'm, I'm kind of separating those. You know, we serve because it's the right thing to do. When I'm like depressed and I'm stuck in myself, I don't serve because I, you know, because out of love, I don't serve because, you know, someone asked me to. Usually if I'm in that state, I'm like, no, I'm not doing anything for anyone. But once I recognize that I'm in this state, I serve because it's the right thing to do to get me out of this and for other people. And so it's not necessarily out of obligation, but it's really because it's the right thing to do. And that kind of leads to the last intention that we serve because it's the example that Jesus set for us. So a disciple, a Christian, is someone who follows Jesus. Scripture says that, that the Son of Man came to not to be served, but to serve. And so as people who are following Jesus, we serve out of that example, which is not always easy because Jesus served people that were hard and sometimes calls us to serve people that are hard to deal with, um, but we serve out of that example. So back to those three kind of areas that we serve in. We serve in our personal relationships, we can serve in our church community, and we serve in the world. So for this first one, um, I, I'm like thinking of personal relationships and you, you know, you're not, you, you know what I mean by personal relationships. So like a family, people that live in the same house as us, our, our friends, our neighbors, if we know them, like I have a personal relationship with a couple of my neighbors and I can serve them in different ways. Um, coworkers, people that you work with or see on a, on a regular basis. Those are our personal relationships. The, the example, again, Jesus is the best example for all of this, especially in a series around discipleship. Um, but Jesus, right before he was arrested, you know, they're in the upper room. They're eating this meal together with these guys and hopefully probably women that we don't hear about in Scripture. But these people that he spent the last three years with, these are like his closest friends, basically his family. And... Um, so this is chapter 13 of John. So he washes their feet, which was a custom. Your feet are dirty. You're wearing sandals. Right now my feet are wet. I don't know if anyone else wore sandals and your feet are like soaked right now. It's kind of weird. Um, but so he washes the disciples' feet. And in verse 12 it says, When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his, his outer clothes again and he returned to his place. He said, Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them, You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. He says, now that I have done this for you, you should go and do this for one another. So we serve in our personal relationships just as, as Jesus did. Something that was really low, right? Like washing someone's feet was usually for someone who wasn't actually a part of the, the party. It was like a, a servant, uh, maybe a slave in the house. And, and they would do that work because it's, it's lowly work. And that's what we do when we serve one another. We do it out of love. We do it out of the example of Jesus that we serve those in our, in our home. And that can look like a lot of different ways. So I just want you to like think just a moment, you know, what are ways that you can serve in your, in your home, in your workplace, serve those around you? Just think about that. Mental note. 
So in your church community, one of the ways that we serve is um, we can serve one another here, gathered here. We can serve um, this community. Most of you probably have heard, you know, the, the body of Christ, one body, many parts um, scripture. So I'm going to read that for us now. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let me just read a couple of sections of this, starting in verse 4. It says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God. But the same God works all of them in all, in all of us. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It's for the common good. We each have these gifts, not for our own selves, but so that we might serve one another and build up the body of Christ. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another of knowledge, um, to another faith, to another gifts of healing, to another miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and others interpreting. All of these are the work of one in the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And then it goes on to talk about we're not all feet, because that we wouldn't get anywhere. Well, we would probably get somewhere, but not like nothing else would happen. We're not all an eye or an ear. And then it goes on to say, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second prophets, teachers, workers of miracles, and those having gifts of healing, those to, able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. Like I said earlier, like we all are going to live into these different things in different ways, in different places, in different seasons. We all have gifts and strengths and passions that are God-given. And God-given for a reason, for the common good, whether that's for your family, for your church community, or for the world. So you can officially serve in your church community. You can officially serve through... Uh, helping with the kids, or being a small group leader, being on the worship team, or on the board, or preaching. You can also unofficially serve your church community. Remember last week we talked about reaching intentionally, and one of the things about reaching intentionally is being like walk across the room kind of people. Like people, when you see someone who's new or someone who's not being included, you walk across the room and kind of invite them in. And that's another way that we can officially, that we can unofficially or officially, we can make it an official thing, unofficially serve in our church community that we all can do at any time, whether you're on the schedule or not on the schedule. We all have the ability to, to meet someone that we don't know that isn't being included, that we can you know, introduce them to other people, that we can answer questions or share our experience. So I'm going to give you another minute just to think of like, how are you or how have you? I know like a lot of people ha were serving before COVID, but there weren't a lot of places to serve. There were no kids ministry or, you know, a lot of our small groups 
we weren't doing that or, you know, Ryan was playing and getting people to play, but there was not a lot going on on Sunday morning. No coffee, which again was sad. Second week in a row I mentioned coffee in my service. You know, those kinds of things that we could do before, but it's been a year or so, and we, we aren't doing any more. Are there ways that you can serve or that you are serving in, um, in our church community? So I just want to give you a minute to think about that. The last way, so we serve in our personal relationships with those that, that we're, we're with on a regular basis. We serve in our church community, and we also serve in the world. I think this is one of the ways, I think when we talk about serving, if you've been in the church before, you probably think about like serving in the church, like you're on a, on a volunteer team or something like that. Um, you also might think about um, mission trips, that kind of thing. Um, so that's where, you know, in the world, we serve in the world. And the scripture that I, that I thought of for this is, you know, around salt and light. Jesus says that you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by people. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So sometimes we think like if we're going to serve in the world, it has to be official as well. We think that we have to go on a mission trip. We have to, you know, volunteer at a certain organization. We have to do these kinds of things. But there are also ways that we can just serve so that others might, you know, know that there's something different about us. The way that we talk to or treat or include neighbors that we don't know into things that are happening. There are ways that we can, um, you know, if someone needs to borrow a phone who we don't know and we just, you know, let them borrow our phone, we can, um, there are lots of examples. I don't have any written down, but there are lots of ways to serve unofficially in the world. And I think that this is where, this is where our, um, serving in our church community meets the rest of our lives. You know, like we're at church one hour a week. If you're in a small group, maybe a couple more hours. But we're, we're out in the world a lot more than we are a part of our church community. And so those gifts and those talents and those passions that God has given us to serve as the body of Christ, we do that out in the world as well. It doesn't stop when we leave um, our church community. One of the ways that I'm specifically going to throw out there um, that you can serve in the world is through Little Bottoms Free Store. Um, specifically, there is we are doing a drive-through baby shower, not birthday party, baby shower, a drive-through baby shower. So we're giving away diapers and diaper bags. That is the worst feeling. I totally get it. That's exactly how I feel when a cicada hits me. I'm so sorry, bud. That's the worst. Oh, my gosh. See, it almost happened. Now I just want to cry. Um, so we're hosting this drive through baby shower next Saturday. From um, Volunteers will be there from 1230 to 230 ish. And um, passing out diaper bags, passing out diapers and wipes and food and prizes to support these moms that, you know, we as a church have a heart to support families and, and moms and and. Uh, kids through our ministry at, at Little Bottoms. Um, these are people that we may or may not know, but people that have a need that we um, 
feel compassion towards that we have resources to do something about. Um, so if you are interested in serving and putting this sermon into practice this week, that is a great way to do that. Um, Denise is here. Raise your hand. And she's uh, coordinating all of this. So if you're interested in serving next Saturday, it's um, in the hilltop at a, at a recreation center. So um, you can see her for more details. It's a week away. There, you know, it's next Saturday. It's not that long from now. It's not a lot to think about. It'll be really easy. Masking, social distance, all of those things. So I encourage you to do that. Just one way to um, serve in the world, serve people that we may or may not know and who may or may not know God's love. A lot of people come to Little Bottoms or come to these events and they're like, why are you doing this? And that's an opportunity for us to share that we're doing it because God served us, God loves us, and God loves them as well. So, so we serve because God loves us, because God came not to be served, but to serve. And as we follow his example, we serve the people that we're around every day. We serve our, our family and our coworkers. We serve one another in this community. And we serve in the world. We serve people that we may or may not know and who may or may not know Jesus. So I just want to give you a couple minutes. I am closing. We are done. I'm going to give you a couple minutes and um, just to, for you to think about that, um, how, how you serve regularly in your daily, weekly, or monthly practices. And I'm going to go walk away now. But I do want you to spend time thinking about that. So just a couple minutes before you talk. <laughs>